Thank you. As we um, get ready to listen to God's word, we're going to be looking at Isaiah 55. And um, I just want to say what an encouragement it is that there are believers all around the world. And this morning, we're privileged to have um, a guest from a country in Africa, Kenya. Is, yeah, yeah. So, um, we, yeah, stand up a minute. Um, greetings. And I've asked him to take greetings back to his church in Kenya. Um, but we're so thankful to have you. He found us on the website. He's here for just three days in the United States or in Grand Rapids to attend the Acton Institute. And so we're so blessed to have you with us this morning. And um, Pastor Dave is on leave, um, so I just, on behalf of both Pastor Dave, myself, Pastor Jalisa, and the church, please send greetings back to your church. So, All right, um, Isaiah 55, we're going to be looking at um, verses 1 to 7, focusing primarily on 1 to 3. Um, so, Isaiah 55, come all you who are thirsty. Come to the waters, and you who have no money, come, buy and eat. Come buy wine and milk without money and without cost. Why spend money on what is not bread, and your labor on what does not satisfy? Listen, listen to me and eat what is good, and you will delight in the richest affair. Give ear and come to me. Listen that you may live. I will make an everlasting covenant with you, my faithful love promised to David. See, I have made him a witness to the peoples, a ruler and a commander of the peoples. Surely you will summon nations you know not, and nations you do not know will come running to you. Because of the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, for he has endowed you with splendor. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake their ways and the unrighteous their thoughts. Let them turn to the Lord and he will have mercy on them. And to our God, for he will freely pardon This is the word of the Lord, and this sermon I've titled, um, Growing to Complete Satisfaction in Christ, and I think a subtitle that would be fitting for this sermon would be, From the Rolling Stones Meet Synod 2022. And so in June 1965, the Rolling Stones debuted this song written by Keith Richards and Mick Jagger, if you could just play that a minute.
Um, I saw a few heads nodding and bobbing. Some of you were alive at that time. You remember that song. Others of you, this was a song of lament, we might say. Um, This person is just lamenting that they can't find satisfaction. They try to get information on the radio from the man on the radio, ideas that don't satisfy their imagination. They try to find satisfaction watching television. And they said, there's a guy that comes on talking about how white you can get your T-shirts. And that wasn't satisfying. And then he goes on and says he can't get any girl reaction either. And so, no, 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 there's no satisfaction. And so people trying to find other sources other than God to give satisfaction is not something that um, happened and just started in June of 1965. It's been going on for a long, long time, and that's what the prophet um, Isaiah comes in the 8th century to talk to the people of Judah about the ways that they've been looking at alternative sources to find true satisfaction. And so the trouble is the people of Judah are spending their money, their time, their effort on things that do not satisfy. Why spend money on what is not bread? And really what they think that's talking about is they were probably in exile, impoverished, and they were spending their money on um, corn husk that you would feed the pigs because that's what they had. But they're spending their money on things that aren't bread. You're spending your labor on things that do not satisfy. Isaiah is speaking to the exiles and he's calling them to return to God and be restored. When you're in exile, and I think we can see this and imagine what it's like even with Ukraine and watching people that are suddenly being, you know, having to leave their country. Where do they find their food? Where do they find clean water? Um, Where is the source of the things that they absolutely need for life? When you're in exile, you often spend all your effort or maybe you barter your most valuable possessions just trying to get your daily needs met. And so Isaiah is not speaking primarily to their physical needs, but he's comparing and saying in the same way in the physical, you need water and food to survive. You need what is spiritual That only comes from the Lord. And so he's saying God has what you most need and he offers it freely. Water is the symbol of spiritual refreshment, wine and milk. And um, this was just interesting. Goat milk was most prevalent then um, are symbols of abundance, of enjoyment, of nourishment. And so Isaiah is calling the people of God to quit spending their money and their lives for things that do not bring lasting satisfaction and instead invest themselves in a relationship with God. Now, this is, as we've said, not just for the people of Judah, but it's for the people in every generation that have this um, natural bent towards sin And so I ran across this in reading a Calvin forum, and it was an article called The Soul's Deep Need. And so I'm going to read this, um, and I want you to pay attention to what it's saying. I look again upon Life's Life magazine, their kaleidoscopic portrait of America, this colorful panorama of our continent from Atlantic to Pacific is deeply significant. 
Here are ocean liners, skyscrapers, steelworks, oil derricks, radio towers, stockyards, harvesting machines, trailers, speeding autos, football stadiums, racetracks, Hollywood stars, railroads, airplanes, gas stations, bathing beaches, university buildings, world expositions, tunnels, mountains, farms, cowboys, silos, grain elevators, cattle ranches, pleasure yachts, and then tucked away in one of the southern states and partly hidden behind a New England hill, you see a church steeple. That church steeple once dominated the American scene when our country was still in its infancy. Today it's overtop by skyscrapers, smokestacks, and oil derricks. And what is infinitely worse The church and all it stands for has been largely crowded out of the American mind by the things that strike the eye, by the comforts of the body, by the pleasures of life, by the accomplishments of applied science. Our Lord's days dedicated to worship have become weekends devoted to carnal pleasure. That, it would appear, is our fundamental malady. We have put God out of the picture. We have thrust God out and placed ourselves on the throne of our lives. Maybe those words sound familiar from last week. That is America's sickness, and unless God intervene, it will prove a sickness unto death. We must face about as a nation. We must stop dreaming of scientific utopias that cannot be the eschatologies of our soul, or meaning the happy endings of our soul. We must cease this foolish intoxication of ourselves with a draft that is but a mixture of money, speed, pleasure, physical comfort, and fun. We must break with this practice of filling our bellies with the husk that only the swine should eat. Indeed, the soul's deep need is not met by the profits of this religion of scientific progress and achievement, Technology, money, speed, pleasure, and physical comforts cannot satisfy the soul that has been made by God and is restless within man until it rests in him. The deep need of the soul of America is its return to the living God, the God of scriptures. And this article was written by the editor of the Calvin Forum the same month in June of 19. 39. I'm concerned about what he foresaw about the potential demise of this country. And I think we look at a country that looks like it might implode at any time. And what we need is what truly most satisfies. And so I wonder, a question that you might reflect on, is what have I pursued? What have you pursued that you thought would bring satisfaction? Where did you put your mind, your money, your attention, your energy? And how long did that thing or that accomplishment really bring satisfaction? I think we've all pursued things that were empty in the end. And God lovingly meets us today in our needy state through the voice of the prophet of Isaiah today. When he says, come to the waters, come and buy and eat, come buy wine and milk without money and without cost, eat what is good. You will delight in the richest affair. 
Come to me, he says in verse 3. Listen that you might live. I will make an everlasting covenant with you. My faithful love promised to David. Three points I want to point out about God and his riches. First, that they're offered freely. God's riches are offered freely. He says, you that have no money, come buy and eat. Notice God didn't work out a work for food kind of agreement. He's offering it freely and he says, just come buy it. Which leaves the reader to go, but buy it how? And then we think about the ram and the thicket. And the Lord, he'll provide. God's riches save and sustain us. He says, come to the water, come and eat the things that are truly needed for this physical life, also for the spiritual life. He says, come to me, listen and live. God's riches truly satisfy. And he um, compares this to like a, this spiritual blessing, like a great banquet. Come to the richest affair. Come to that that will satisfy, that will bring delight Rich, tasty, nutritious, fresh, organic, whatever ways that like you think like, oh, now that's what I'm talking about, a banquet. I don't know if it's your Thanksgiving dinner or if it's your greatest salad ever, but come to that that will most satisfy. There's grace to find satisfaction. Where do you and I find true life satisfaction? And again, I'm going to quote. Blaise Pascal. He's a famous French mathematician, philosopher, and Catholic theologian from the 1600s, and he said this, What else does this craving and this helplessness proclaim that there was once in man a true happiness, of which all that now remains is the empty print and trace? This he tries in vain to fill with everything around him, Okay, go back and think, Rolling Stones, I can't get no satisfaction, I'm trying and I'm trying and I'm trying. And he says, the man tries in vain to fill with everything around him, though none can help, since this infinite abyss can be filled only with an infinite and immutable object. In other words, God himself. Our satisfaction is in Christ, in him being United with us, being filled with the Holy Spirit. This is where we find our satisfaction. And it's free, but it came with a great cost. And this, my friends, is where the Rolling Stones meet Synod 2022. Synod 2022 just finished up, and they talked about many important topics. But one that they took up this week was what is the meaning of the cross? What is the meaning of the cross. And they spent time discussing this and thinking about it, and one of the main ways that the cross is understood is what is called substitutionary atonement. It means that I and you and all of us are guilty of sin, right? We all have fallen short of the glory of God. And this sin is punishable by death, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. And so we all owe a debt that's punishable by death. And Jesus comes and offers his life as a substitute. He who is holy, 
lays down his life to satisfy God's wrath. Jesus satisfied the wrath of God when he died for our sins, and we see this in Hebrews 8, or 10, 8 through 10, which says, First, he said, sacrifices and offerings, burnt offerings and sin offerings, you, they did not satis- you did not desire, nor were, nor were you pleased with them, though they were offered in accordance with the law. Then he said, Here I am, I've come to do your will. He sets aside the first to establish the second, and by that will, we have been made holy through the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. His body was broken, his blood was poured out, and we see these words in Isaiah foreshadowing, because he's talking about come by bread, come by wine, come to the richest affairs. And we think back to last week when we came to the table and took the Lord's Supper, Christ satisfying God's wrath so that we might truly be satisfied. Friends, this is so amazing and it's so humbling to think that while we're in sin and while we're pursuing one empty goal after the next, One may be sinful reaction, maybe choices that are absolutely against the Lord's plan. And we're stuck in sin and in the mud and in the muck of life. And yet Jesus loves us and he lays down his life. He substitutes himself on this cross. This cross represents that terrible cross and that beautiful cross where Jesus substituted himself so that the wrath of God would be satisfied. What do we do if we've been pursuing these empty things, these things that we thought would satisfy us that are substitutes and shadows of what the real thing is? Verse 7 tells us it's in repentance Let the wicked forsake their ways and the unrighteous their thoughts. Let them turn to the Lord and he will have mercy on them. And to our God, for he will freely pardon. If you know that Christ and you've accepted this gift of salvation, your debt has been satisfied. Hallelujah. And we have the opportunity to find complete satisfaction in Christ. We can grow in our satisfaction in Christ, and I think it's growing in an awareness and a gratitude for what he's done for us. There's keys to this satisfaction that you can see in the sermon text from Isaiah 55. When you find yourself thirsty or hungry or running on empty, God's gracious invitation is come to me. So if you've been tired and weary and weak this week, come to me. When you get a diagnosis or you go to the doctor and something unexpected comes up, he says, come to me. God says, give ear, listen to me. He says this twice in verse 2 and 3. We can listen to God through his word and by his spirit and prayer. And God wants to speak to his beloved children. And he welcomes you to come near. 
Third, seek and call God, verse 6 says. Talk to the Lord about your desires, your appetites, and ask him to help you to choose what's good. Sometimes there's this nagging thing that just keeps calling you back and saying, you know what, you've done this before, you were happy one time when you did this, or you felt some pleasure one time when you did this, and it's nagging you and calling you and tempting you back. Talk to the Lord about it. Come to him. Talk to him about your appetites, your desires, and ask him to help you choose what's good. God offers us free nourishment ongoingly for our souls, but we must be eager to go to him and receive. We would starve physically without food, and it's like we're walking around sometimes anorexic spiritually because we're not going to him. Another way to grow in satisfaction is just meditating on what Christ has done and how that God's wrath was turned towards Jesus and away from you so that you could be completely satisfied now and for eternity. I think that would be a wonderful journaling activity to just, what what have I received in Christ What have I received? How has he satisfied me in the past? How is he satisfying me now? And how can I look forward to satisfaction in the future? And any time you're tempted towards dissatisfaction with your life, turn to the Lord and hear afresh his warm invitation. He says, come. 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 I just finished reading yesterday a book called Living Slower, Simple Ideas to Eliminate Excess and Make Time for What Matters, a book written by Marissa Allink. And in the book, she describes, um, first of all, pursuing her parents' dreams for her. And then she took on the American dream that's just in this culture of, like, more is better and bigger is better. And, you know, so she found herself as a young adult and in her early 20s and um, 30s just pursuing everything that she could pursue to try to succeed and try to have more and to try to she was working two jobs and trying to make more money. And then she's trying to Pinterest her life and like everything has got to be the best. And she's got all these boards of what all she wants to do. And she's finding herself completely exhausted and dissatisfied. And so she decided to stop pursuing other people's dreams and goals for her life. And she asked the Lord, what are your priorities for my life? And he helped her to establish some slower and better rhythms. And to just downsize and slow down. And to spend time with those people that she really felt the Lord calling her to spend time, which was her family, friends, and neighbors. And she talks about how that she's never been more satisfied because she's satisfied in Christ. Isaiah's word calls to us today, listen, listen to me, eat what is good, and you will delight in the richest affairs. And so I think for some of us, the way we respond to this message is just to just say thank you. Thank you for the reminder, Lord, that you are my satisfaction. And I think for some of us, we respond to this message by saying, I'm sorry. And maybe we even listened to that funny 
maybe you think it's funny, I don't know, but that oldies song of not getting satisfaction and all of a sudden you're convicted, like, oh, as I think about that and what the Rolling Stones were pursuing, when I think about what the Calvin Forum was recognizing and all these things that were trying to go bigger and better and faster and longer, and yet we're missing the point of Jesus. And I've, you know, maybe you, just like this author, have found yourself like, I'm missing the point of this life because I'm just pursuing that that is not satisfying. Today can be a day to just say, Lord, I'm sorry. Lord, I repent. Our nation needs a revival. And it's going to come as people say, oh, Lord, I'm sorry. I didn't realize and I, I was pursuing all these other things but you. And today can be a day that we just come back and do a reset and say, Lord, I'm sorry. And please help me. I'm coming to you today to receive what you alone can give me. And maybe there's somebody here that's never accepted the gift of eternal life. Maybe you've never realized what Jesus did for you on the cross. And so I'm just going to, in this time, just take a moment of silence and um, invite us all to just be quiet before the Lord. And I'm going to open in prayer, be quiet for a minute, and then I'll close it. Lord, I thank you that um, you alone satisfy and that you offer us Jesus and you offer us eternal life and you offer us refreshment. And Lord, I thank you that your word is alive and active. And Holy Spirit, I pray right now that you would just be moving in our midst and help us to know how to respond to your word. 